Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host. Chloe Brotheridge. I'm a coach, a hypnotherapist, and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution and Brave New Girl. And this podcast is all about helping you to become your calmest, happiest, and most confident self. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. Thanks so much for joining me today. How are you? I hope things are okay in your world today, or better than okay, ideally. I am popping in with another Q&A episode today, some questions that you sent me on Instagram that I thought I'd share with you here. And yeah, if you like Q&A episodes or if you have questions that you'd like me to answer on a future episode, do let me know. Come and say hi on Instagram. I'd love to know who listens to this podcast. And if you message me on Instagram, I will almost definitely reply. There might be a few that slip through the net because I read them and then don't reply to them and they get lost and buried. But generally, I will reply and I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at Chloe Brotheridge. I also want to let you know before we get into this episode about a free resource that I've made for you. If you're somebody that is struggling with stress at work, and honestly, so many of us right now, our stress levels have gone up since the pandemic. When I ask people how they are in my workshops, the most common answer is overwhelmed. Whether that is with your workload, whether you're struggling with your confidence at work, whether you're struggling with relationships at work, whether you're somebody that puts tons of pressure on themselves and you know it's more of an internal problem than an external one, this free resource I've made for you. It is my work stress guide. It's a free journal and a video training that I made for you to help you to feel calmer, more in control and more confident at work. And you can download this for your very own self. You can get this on my website, karma-u.com forward slash stress. Download it there. You have to enter your email address and I will send that over to you right away. So let's get into these episodes of questions and answers. Let's just get into it. So the first question was, do you ever get past the fear of anxiety returning? So I wonder if, I think you're probably directing this at me directly, but, you know, I guess this can apply to anyone who has experienced anxiety in the past and maybe is feeling okay now. And yeah, I guess there can be this fear that, anxiety is going to come back. And I like to think about anxiety as being actually a really normal emotion. It's kind of like fear. Everyone is going to experience 
fear from time to time. We're all going to experience anxiety from time to time when you think that anxiety is actually worry, nervousness. It's such a big term that can categorize so many things. And you may well feel anxious again, even if you've made lots of progress. You may have job interviews in the future or go through a bereavement or get made redundant. And these things can bring up different anxieties. And I think it's normal to to have a little bit of fear around things coming back. But I also want to remind you that it's also really normal not to get rid of anxiety completely. I think, you know, I remember going to see Susan David, who is a psychologist and she's the author of Emotional Agility, a brilliant book. And I went to see her speak and she said, the only people that don't experience fear, or you could read anxiety into that instead, are psychopaths and dead people. And so for those of us who, you know, have empathy and a pulse, we are from time to time going to experience fear and anxiety. That is just a part of the deal, part of being human. And it's not something to beat yourself up over. You know, as a therapist, you know, therapists always say this, this is something that therapists like to say, it's that progress isn't linear. We have this idea, you might have seen the kind of the meme going around Instagram kind of a couple of years ago, this kind of picture of a graph that shows just a a straight line on the diagonal going from one corner to the other, showing the linear progression of your mental health as you're working on yourself, having therapy or looking after yourself more. And yet this is just not the way our mental health is. It's not this linear progression because life can get in the way and there are so many things in life that can cause us to have a setback and none of that is your fault and you can have all the therapy and do all the meditation you want and you may still experience those setbacks and so remembering that progress isn't linear and that everything that you're learning about yourself all the podcasts and books that you read and you know hypnotherapy that you listen to or times you open up to people none of that is ever lost all of that stays with you it stays within you And you may be struggling with a setback right now, but that doesn't mean that you're always going to feel that way. So yeah, for me personally, do I have a fear of anxiety returning? Not really. I I know it's a possibility and I expect that there will be times in my life, like when my baby is born, I'm half expecting that, you know, some anxiety will come up. I know the responsibility and the lack of sleep and the just newness of it all may well cause me to experience some anxiety, but I also know that I have so much knowledge about myself now. I understand how anxiety works. I know how to open up to people about how I'm feeling. I have so many tools at my disposal. And so I know I'm in a much more resourceful position than I was in the past when I really was experiencing a lot of anxiety. And yeah, I hope if you're worrying about this, that you also know that the things that you've learned, the tools that you've developed are still going to be there for you to call on and that it's never back to square one, even though it can sometimes feel like that um, in the moment. The next question was, after your hypnotherapy course, did you feel confident to use it on people? So absolutely not, first of all. And, you know, this question, this answer is really can be applied to, I think, anyone who is starting something new. Now I did my hypnotherapy diploma back in 2011, 11 years ago. And 
at the time I definitely wasn't confident in general and I found it quite difficult and scary hypnotizing people at first. I remember hypnotizing my boyfriend and just being so shy about it and not, not being able to do it and you know it just being a big deal basically and yet over time it got easier I ended up hypnotizing basically if you know me you've probably been hypnotized me by me basically practice on everyone that I knew practice 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 read more books did more training over the years and these days I feel very confident to hypnotize people I can basically do it in my sleep <laughs> I do it with my eyes closed it's very very easy but you know, if we were, if I was to feel confident straight away, that confidence may very well be misplaced. I actually think it's a bit strange when people are super confident in the beginning and when they've never done something before. You know, sometimes that confidence may be misplaced. And so I just want to reassure you that if you're feeling nervous or unconfident about doing something that you're a beginner at, that that is completely normal. And it's actually practice and experience that helps us to grow our confidence. And with so many training courses, you know, I've done so many trainings over the years. I've done sound healing, breath work, coaching, NLP. I've done another hypnotherapy training. And so much of the time there, there's so much that you learn, but it's not the whole picture. A big part of it is going and putting things into practice and reading further around the topic so give yourself permission to be a beginner. Give yourself permission to be rubbish in the beginning and to feel shy and to not feel confident because it's actually really normal and confidence is going to come and grow when you practice, when you get more experience. Next question was asking, what are your best tips for productivity? So in some ways, my ideas about productivity have changed over the years. I used to be quite into, yeah, just thinking about how I could be as productive as possible. But I'm actually realizing more and more that we often think about productivity as being the time spent. Like, how can I manage my time better? How can I use my time more efficiently and get more done in that time? But I'm thinking more and more that it's more about managing our energy, managing our motivation, managing ourselves. And for me, you know, being really productive doesn't necessarily mean sitting at my desk and cranking out, you know, eight to 10 hours of work anymore. Because actually this idea of an eight hour workday is very arbitrary. It's kind of an invented number based on not very much. It's not actually based on how efficient we can be and what suits our brains and our bodies best. In fact, working a six hour day was actually found in studies to help people to be more productive. Working a four-day week was found to increase people's happiness, well-being, and people get just as much done. So in my mind, productivity is not about how many hours you're grinding away at your laptop. It's actually about what do we have the energy and focus to do? Are we focusing on the most important tasks and perhaps delegating the other things, if that's a possibility? or ignoring the things that don't really need to get done. I, I really like to think about focusing on the things that get the most results. Obviously I work for myself, so it's perhaps a bit different for other people who work in different types of jobs. 
I like to focus on what gets the most results. I follow the principle of eating that frog. You ever heard of this? Eat that frog. There's a book called Eat That Frog. I can't remember who wrote it. And it's basically about procrastination, this book. And it says that we need to eat the biggest, ugliest frog first thing in the morning. Because once we've eaten that big, ugly frog, all the other frogs that we have to eat that day seem a lot easier to manage. And so for me, that looks like doing the most annoying task or the most brain taxing activity. For me, that's usually something like writing, something I really try to put off and don't want to do, but actually really enjoy when I'm doing it, but never want to do it. So normally that's writing and that might look like me writing first thing in the morning and kind of getting that big frog eaten. And then you have this sense once you've done the hardest task first, that everything else just feels a little bit easier and flows a little bit more smoothly because you've done the the kind of the hardest thing first. I think it's also really important to take lots of breaks. I try to take a break every hour, step away, go outside, you know, get my feet on the lawn if it's a nice day, or, you know, have a chat to Aiden, make a cup of tea. Taking breaks is associated with productivity. We need that mental space to think creatively and to rest and to reduce our stress levels. I might go and stretch or do a mini workout or take some deep breaths. Sometimes I'll go and lie down and listen to like a 10 minute hypnotherapy recording or something like that to break up my day. Lastly, when it comes to productivity, I think it's really important to celebrate the small wins. It's so easy to look at your to-do list and to think, right, it's the end of the day, I haven't even made a dent in this never-ending, overwhelming list of things that I've got to do. And to feel disheartened or to feel like you haven't done enough or, yeah, to feel like you haven't been productive enough and to kind of beat yourself up. Anyway, that's what I can do. I don't know about you. But it's really important for me, certainly, to celebrate those small wins, to actually think about what I have achieved that day. And whether that is resting, you know, I was really tired and I had a rest this afternoon and that's what I needed. Whether that's spending time with my sister who lives down the road or I've got a friend who lives in Manchester, I sometimes take, you know, time off in the day, my working day to go and see her and hang out with her and her baby. Actually, those things are productive for me because they're enjoyable and they're part of what makes life, you know, fun and interesting and nice. And so, Try to celebrate those wins as well as, you know, projects completed and, you know, work done and actually really focus on what I have done rather than what I haven't done because the list of things that I haven't done is endless and will always get longer and longer, frankly. So another question that came in, this is a deep one and it's almost like it needs its own episode, but I'll I'll talk a little bit about it. And this question was how to deal with the fear of death how to stop it taking over your life. So firstly, I'm going to say that I, you know, have never experienced losing someone really, really close to me. And I've been really lucky in that way so far. I'm sure it's going to obviously happen. It's inevitable that we're all going to either die ourselves first, or we're going to lose someone that we love. And it is such a human experience to fear death. You know, there there are some people who say that all anxiety is actually a fear of death because anxiety is about a fear of the unknown. And the big unknown, the greatest 
thing that is unknown is what happens when we die. And so, yeah, if you're if you're experiencing this, it might be because you have lost someone close to you, or perhaps you yeah love someone who's become ill, and that can sort of trigger fears of death and dying and your own mortality and that sort of thing. I guess for me, one thing that I think helps me to deal with the idea of death is my meditation practice. And you've heard me talk about it before, transcendental meditation. When you're meditating with this practice, you have a mantra that you say to yourself in your head over and over again. And it helps you to drift into this deeper state. And you get to this point where it's as though you sink to a very deep part of yourself where it is very calm and quiet and still. And there are no thoughts when we're in that state. We're connecting with our consciousness, this pure consciousness that is beyond thoughts. It's transcending your body. It's transcending everything. You're just pure awareness and pure consciousness. And, you know, I am quite a spiritual person and you know, grew up with hippie parents and, you know, perhaps that's why I hold these sorts of beliefs. But, you know, for me, the idea of thinking that, you know, we are ultimately this consciousness, this deep quietness and awareness. And that's kind of who we are beyond the thoughts and the worries and the material world and the even the body, that we actually have this consciousness that perhaps does live on after our bodies die. And I know not everyone will will kind of choose to to believe that or want to believe that. But yeah, there's something in me, I think, through experiencing lots of meditation that makes me think that, you know, having connected to that consciousness and awareness, that perhaps there is something to this. And I'm going to recommend a podcast. It's kind of it's kind of hard to follow in a way, but this the guest on the podcast is the Tim Ferriss show. And the guest is Donald D. Hoffman. And he's a scientist, he's an incredible scientist, he's a physicist. And he talks about something called panpsychism, which is really, really fascinating to me. And basically, pans, I'm going to completely butcher the explanation of this, but I'll try to explain what panpsychism is. It's a theory basically in physics. And it's this idea that in order for us to perceive matter, we have to have consciousness. And without consciousness, there is no matter. And he talks about this idea that perhaps everything that we can perceive in the in the world is like an interface. It's kind of like when we look at our computer and you look at a button on your computer, you're seeing the button that represents a file, say, but there's an inner reality to that file that looks nothing like the button. But all we can see is this interface, this button to help us to use the computer and to to interact with the computer. And if we had to know about the transistors and the code and all the things that are happening below that button, we wouldn't be able to make sense of it. So we just have this interface, this button that we can see. And the suggestion in panpsychism is that everything in the world is like an an interface. Everything in the world is like this button on the computer that our consciousness is perceiving through the medium of our bodies, through the medium of our five senses and and what we can measure and, and sense with our bodies. And actually the nature of reality 
is completely different to what we perceive that we're seeing. You know, I'm seeing in front of me now a bed, my phone, my laptop, but actually the, the true nature of those things is completely different to what my body is perceiving because my body is just perceiving this interface, this, this almost like the button on the screen with my five senses. And so what he's saying is that because the human brain is also an interface, the human brain is like a button on the computer. It's not actually the ultimate reality, that there must be consciousness that exists outside of the brain to perceive this interface. And, you know, that goes against the idea that consciousness originates from the brain, which is what kind of mainstream scientists believe and what the kind of evidence has suggested so far that your consciousness, your awareness originates from your brain. But actually panpsychism is saying, no, your brain, you know, only exists because consciousness is there to perceive it. Your brain is not the ultimate reality that is producing your consciousness. Anyway, I've no idea if that made any sense, but listen to the podcast. And if you're interested, he's got some brilliant YouTube videos, Donald Hoffman, talking about panpsychism and this theory. And it it's kind of mind blowing. It makes you really think. And actually, when you look at things like, you know, having spent time with shamans in the Amazon and learning about Vedic traditions from India, ancient India, a lot of their understanding about the nature of existence, and the nature of consciousness is around this idea that consciousness and awareness is like the ultimate is all there is and everything that we see around us comes out of consciousness. The consciousness isn't something that arises from the brain necessarily, but actually consciousness is like the ultimate reality. So I hope that hasn't scrambled your brain too much. But anyway, that makes me feel a bit less scared of death, I think, because perhaps, you know, this is not the ultimate reality and actually our consciousness is something beyond that. Okay, final question, final question. This one came in, someone, someone saying, I have real anxiety and distrust around medical professionals due to a misdiagnosis once. I've now been told that I need medication for life at 30, but I don't want to take it. How to recognise that this could help me and get over my worries? So firstly, I'm so sorry to hear that you had a misdiagnosis. I think that's horrible experience to go through and unfortunately does happen. I think doctors are human and there are limits to modern medicine and so that can occasionally happen. And, and I suppose the first question I would ask is that, have you had a second opinion for that? Because you can definitely ask to see someone else to get a second opinion, to maybe speak to a few other people. If you think that perhaps they have got it wrong about the fact that you need to take this medication, obviously I don't know what that is and I'm not a doctor obviously, but you know I know that it's possible to, to get a second opinion. Having experienced myself, that there are some medical issues that doctors don't know how to fix. There are some things that are kind of mysterious. And I was having weird symptoms like kind of skin rashes. And years ago, I had my eye go really red for days, really dry eyes. And doctors didn't know what that was. They didn't know how to deal with it. And so I had to go on a journey to, to look into alternative practices. So I hired a nutritionist and looked into other health approaches. So it might be that you want to explore alternative health approaches as well. And that doesn't mean that you don't also take the medication that your doctor's prescribing you. Obviously, always check that things don't interact. You know, obviously 
herbal medicines can be really powerful and can sometimes interact with allopathic medicine or even health supplement, you know, nutrition supplements can interact with things. So always make sure you're speaking to someone who knows what they're talking about and, you know, doing a good amount of research into that. But it might be that you want to look into alternative health approaches. I'm always slightly wary when someone says, obviously with something like diabetes, yes, you're probably going to take medication every day, but I wouldn't necessarily assume that just because your doctor is saying now that you have to take it every day, that that will be the case because there may be advances in medicine. You may find alternative approaches that help you. So don't necessarily assume that it has to be for the rest of your life. Obviously there are certain things where yes, that may be the case, but don't kind of assume and kind of think the worst. I guess another perspective on this is that lots of us don't want to take medications because we're kind of just against taking pills or, yeah, you mentioned that it's hard for you to trust doctors. And yet modern medicine is this incredible thing that has meant that our lifespan has massively improved. 200 years ago, the average life expectancy was 35. Now I'm 36 right now. So I'd probably be dead 200 years ago. So I'm extremely grateful for things like vaccines and modern medicine and, you know, all the things that that enables us to treat and recover from and prevent. And that doesn't also mean that, you know, doctors are always right. They do sometimes make mistakes and, I think alternative approaches can be really interesting as well. So yeah, I hope you'll get a second opinion, look into other approaches, but also know that, you know, medicine is an incredible thing. It's a huge privilege that we have in the West to have access to medications. Like if you're in the UK and you have the NHS, I know that there are those in America that sometimes can't afford their medications or have to sell their house to pay for medical treatment. And in the UK, So far, we're extremely fortunate to have the NHS, as strained as it is. But yeah, we're very, very lucky to have that. So anyway, I hope you feel better soon and I hope you can find some resolution to this. And yeah, just wishing you the best of luck with that. The person that wrote that question. Okay, so I'm going to leave that there. I hope that this has been interesting for you or useful in some way. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. Come and let me know your thoughts. I'm on Instagram at Chloe Brotheridge. And once again, just reminding you, if you're struggling with your work stress, you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're struggling with confidence at work, I've got this free resource for you. You can download it at karma-u.com forward slash stress and enter your email address there and I'll send it right over to you. So just wishing you well. I hope you're having a good day, whatever you're doing. Sending you lots of love and hopefully we'll chat soon. Bye. You have been listening to the Karma You podcast with me, Chloe Brotheridge. Don't forget you can download loads of freebies for anxiety and confidence at my website, karmayou.com. You can also find out about my app and my one-on-one sessions. Please do subscribe to this podcast in the Apple Podcast app. And if you have enjoyed it or found it helpful, please leave me a review. It makes a massive difference to helping the podcast get discovered by other people. And come on over and find me on Instagram. I'm hanging out there every day. You can find me at Chloe Brotheridge. Let me know what you thought of this episode. And please do share it with anyone who might need to hear this today. So I'm sending you loads of love and I hope you have a brilliant week ahead.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.